whether you may be watching us once again, you have joined to this wonderful program, the ECG Online Church Service. And today, as we said before, we'll be having a wonderful moment and a lot of times to be doing great things and mighty things in the name of Jesus Christ. So we go into the scripture and we, um, I will not take much of the time and I just want us to go into the book of uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Matthew. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take care of the thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day of the evil thereof. Seek first his kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the things that you shall, uh, all these things shall be added unto you. Now, this is scripture that a lot of people here they know. You know, it's a lot of uh, people who know this scripture. But what we want to share tonight is not a lot of people who know this scripture. Okay, so here the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I have seen so many people saying, um, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. Wow, yeah, it's true. Seek first the kingdom of God. But I want to share with you, because some people, they misinterpret things. And I'll be sharing with you about the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. But I want you to stand here first what the Bible here is saying. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the things that you need shall be added unto you. So the first question is going to be, who is supposed to seek the kingdom of God? Who is supposed to seek the kingdom of God? Then we go to Jeremiah 29, verse 13. Jeremiah 29, verse 13. The Bible says, You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. The Bible says, You shall seek me and you shall find me. And I shall take you out of the land of captivity and bring it to your place. Now, so first of all, we find here that God is speaking of the people who are in captivity. That they shall seek the Lord and they shall find him. Now, first of all, that I want you to understand is, you know, I want, I want you to get this revelation right. There are people who have been praying, seeking, actually saying, I'm seeking the face of God over this subject matter. And I'm praying for this, and I'm praying for that, and I'm praying for this. Is it right? It's wrong. Hear me, and I want to say this to you. People who are supposed to seek the kingdom of God are not people who have already received Jesus as their Lord and their personal Savior. Because you are not trying to find him. You already found him. Now, I have seen so many people who are saying, I'm seeking God. Now, in, in the Bible here, when we check in Jeremiah 29 verse 13, the Bible is speaking not of you, but actually the Bible is speaking of the Israelites, that they shall seek the Lord and they shall find him. In the book of Matthew, the Bible says, seek you the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things that you are looking for 
and all the things that you are desiring and all the things you are praying for shall be added unto you. Okay? So what does that mean? Does it mean you should be seeking God all the time in his kingdom? The answer is absolutely no. You sought his kingdom when you are, you are a person who is seeking the kingdom when you are a person without a God in this world. So when you have found him, when you have found God, you are no longer supposed to seek the kingdom. You are no longer supposed to seek God because you found him. Now, I want to share this thing to you. That there are two types of people. There are those people who are supposed to seek God. And there are those people who actually God found them. Now, in the book of Luke chapter 17, verse 20. I want you to read it for me. In Luke chapter 17, verse 20. The Bible declares, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, mm. he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo, here, or lo, there. For, behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Now the Bible here says the kingdom of God does not come with observation. There are people who think they must observe some certain things for them to be closer to God or they should observe some certain behavior for them to find the kingdom of God. So Jesus Christ said the kingdom of God does not come with observation or by observation. The kingdom of God does not come by saying it's there or it's there. The kingdom of God is within you. Now remember the Bible actually says seek the kingdom. But here Jesus is telling the disciples that don't seek it. You got the kingdom already. The kingdom is not somewhere, but the kingdom is within you. So the first place I want you to understand is this, that the kingdom of God that you talk about, all the things you're looking for, I'm seeking God, I'm seeking his face, I'm seeking what, I'm, I'm praying, I'm seeking. Oh, the Bible says all what you're looking for is not in a certain location or geographical place. It is within you. Now, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, before we even talk about him, it's more important that we understand how the kingdom operates. Now, hear this. So the Israelites, God said unto them, that if you shall seek me, I will take you out of the land of captivity. Okay? Get that, that word. If you shall seek me, I will take you out of the land of captivity. Now, Jesus says, if, if you seek the kingdom... First, all the things you need shall be added unto you. But when you give your life to Jesus, it, you are no longer in the land of captivity. You are no longer in the world of sin. Okay? Someone asked me a question. said, why? When you are preaching, when you are praying, for, uh, you, don't, you don't tell sinners to give their life to Jesus. And my answer was simple. And I said, hear me. Sinners don't have a life to give. Did you hear that? If you are a sinner, you don't have a life to give. What, what would you give? You are dead. If you are in sin, you are dead. You have no life to give. The only thing you can do is to accept Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior. Not giving your life to Jesus. You, you, you can't give your life to Jesus. In, in other words, you are making the vice versa. It's actually Jesus who came to give his life for sinners. A sinner can't give his life to Jesus. 
is actually Jesus who gave his life to a sinner, for a sinner. Whosoever shall believe in him shall be saved. So a sinner can't give his life because there's no life to give. It's actually Jesus who came to give his life. So we don't tell sinners to give their lives. They don't have a life yet. When they accept Jesus, then they have a life. Because Jesus said, I have come to give them life so that they may have it in abundance. So when the sinner has accepted Jesus, then he has a life. Alright, so it's very important to understand this principle. If you are a sinner, you have no life to give. If you are saved, you have a life that you give, uh, that, that you can give. All right? So the Bible says those who shall try to save their life, they shall lose it. And those who shall lose their life for the sake of the kingdom, they shall gain it. So when you are saved, you can only be saved by accepting, by accepting, by receiving Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior. That's what the Bible says. For those who received him, for those who accepted him, we are given the right to become sons of God. To become. They were given the right to become. So when you are seeking the kingdom or when you are seeking his face, it means you are not yet into the kingdom. But when you are in the kingdom, you don't seek because you are already inside the kingdom. I would like to remind you that I've been sharing for the past weeks. I've been speaking to you that we are not of this world. The day that you accepted Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior, you were brought into this world immediately. Your mission was changed. You are no longer just like any other person. But you are now saved. You are in this world for a mission. Now, when you, when you wake up in the morning, begin to ask yourself a question. Why am I in the world? Why am I existing? Why am I, do, why am I here? So there's a reason why that God brought you in the world. And that's the most important thing, that God brought you in the world. So he brought you into this world, not... You know, not, not just to live like a mere human being. You were saved because God is looking at you as part of his kingdom assets. When you are moving, you are an asset of the kingdom. When you are sleeping, you are an asset of the kingdom. I know sometimes people are very personal minded. Where they always think about me, I and myself. So they wake up in the morning, what shall I eat? What shall I dress? What shall I, where shall I go? What shall I do? But I want to say this to you. You are more than that. God brought you here in the world for the reason. There is a purpose and there is a work that God wants you to do. And that's the first thing you must understand. That you are no longer seeking the kingdom. You are no longer seeking God. You are in his kingdom. You have found his kingdom. You are saved. Jesus lives and dwells inside of you. And you are in him. The Bible says, if you shall be in me and I shall be in you. It says, you shall ask anything you shall desire. It shall be given unto you. So you are no longer in the level where you are seeking God. That's the mistake that you're doing. That's why things of the spirit are not happening to you. You are not operating in the spirit. You are operating in the flesh. Hear me. If you want to operate in the spirit, don't operate in the spirit. Don't try to operate in the spirit. Just be in the spirit. People try to say, I want to be now in the spirit. Okay, I want to pray now. I want to pray. Oh, let me be serious. Um, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, oh, let me be serious. Oh, Sharababa. Jesus, I want to be in the spirit now. We, we don't go in the spirit in that way. We don't go in the spirit in that way. You, you, you don't go in, in the spirit. 
You are already in the spirit. You don't go into it. The day you received Jesus, you were saved. It's just a matter of your faith, believing that you're in the spirit. The things of the kingdom are not obtained by observation. They are obtained by knowledge. It's not that you go like, okay, now I want to be in the spirit. That's, that's why the moment you want to, if, if you want to prophesy, and you go like, let me be in the spirit now. I want to prophesy now. You will never prophesy because the moment you just say you want to be in the spirit, you just moved from the spirit. The moment you just think, let me be in the spirit, just that, that thought of thinking, let me be in the spirit, you just moved out of the spirit. Because in the spirit, we are already there. If you make a mistake, you made it in the spirit. If you made an achievement, you made it in the spirit. This is why the people of Israel, they would make a mistake and God would come and say, you made a mistake and mad at you. Because they, they were not moving out of God's presence. They were still in the presence of God. So God would be mad at them, but they were still in the presence of God and God would speak to them and warn them to say, if you don't repent, I'm going to do this to you. They were not moving out. They were still there. So you are in the spirit. And I want you to understand that, that you are in the spirit. That's the most important topic. You are in the spirit. Okay, so when you are moving in the street, just know that you're a person with a mission in this world. I know you've got your own plans, but I want you to understand one thing. God too, he has a plan with you. The Bible says plans not to destroy you, plans to prosper you. God has good plans for you. It's not just you think like, oh, I, I'm moving right now. I'm thinking, oh, I want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that. No, it's beyond that. It's beyond that. You are in this world either to save somebody, either to do a certain mission. When I look at you, I, I look at your family, I look at your community, I look at your country. God has deposited something in you. That's why Jesus didn't say you are the light of your family. The Bible says you are the light of the world. You must shine. God wants you to shine. He wants you to realize you are not seeking in the kingdom. You are in the kingdom. And that's the most important topic before we even continue. Now, in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 20, the Bible actually speaks of something that is very important. We're going to even go to verse 21. But in verse 20, read it for me. What does the Bible say? Romans chapter number 10, from verse number 20. The Bible says, But Esaias is very bold and said, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel mm -hmm. he said, All day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. The Bible here says, now, it says, and I want you to get this information, right? It says, I was found by people who did not seek me. Did you hear that? All right, just this is actually you. There is nothing you did for you to find him. Read verse 20 again. What does it say? Now my father, NIV, Romans 10, verse number 20 says, And Isaiah boldly says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I revealed myself to those who did not even ask me. So, I, in the first place I want you to understand, God actually says he was found by those who didn't even seek him. He revealed himself to those who didn't even ask, who, those who didn't even do anything. So in the first place I want to share with you, 
it's very important to understand this, that there are two levels of people. Those who find him because they sought him, and those who he found them because they didn't even seek him. Now, in this place, we've got two groups of people. There is uh, a nation of Israel, and then there is you. Now, we are called Gentiles. Now, I want you to understand one thing here. You see, at this point in time, you don't even know how you got saved. You don't even know how you knew Jesus. And you don't even know why you're watching me at this point in time. The Bible says, by the people who did not seek me, I revealed myself. People who didn't even do anything, I just revealed myself to those people. I just revealed myself to those people. You see, the problem is when you begin to look for God because there's a problem. You see, that's a completely wrong entry. The best entry is when you begin to seek him and say, I'm looking for God because I need him. Then you are in the first category of seeking God. Then when you find him, you don't seek him again. Then there's a second category of those who don't seek him. He just, he just found them. So they woke up in the morning. All they discovered is they're loving God. All they want to do is to worship him. All they want to do so they didn't seek him. These two must remain in the kingdom. So if you sought him and found him, remain in the kingdom. If it's him who found you, remain in the kingdom. Don't seek him again. God wants to reveal himself to you. Understand the purpose of your living. Why you're on earth. There is so much in you that he wants to use you. So that you can touch other people. You are a weapon that God is looking at. But the problem is you, all you think it's me. I want to pray. My school fees. I have no fees. Okay, I want to pray. Or oh, my mom is sick. I want to pray. That's not the whole reason why you came on earth. There's a greater reason you came on earth. God wants to show himself through you. Begin to see yourself as like, you see, as a star. The Bible says you shine like stars in this crooked and pervious generation. The Bible says so. We shine like stars in this crooked and pervious generation. Now, watch what the Bible here is saying. It says, I was found by the people who didn't even seek me. I, was, I revealed myself by those who didn't even ask of me. That's the most important thing. Now, so before we talk of the Holy Spirit, understand that you are not in this world just to look for you yourself. There is a mission that God brought you in the world. Uh, on Monday, I was sharing the reasons why uh, Adam uh, came in the world. The Bible actually said that God said, let us make a man in our own image after our own likeness and let him have dominion over the things of the air, over the things of the land, and over the things of the water. So God said we make a man in our image for him to have dominion. That's it. Not for him to worship us. But God made you for you to dominate. He wants you to have dominion over everything in the air. He wants to have dominion over everything on the land. He wants to have dominion over everything in the water. He wants to have dominion on anything. But unfortunately, the enemy, who is a liar, who is a deceiver, he has deceived brethren. They always think they are losers. They always think they've got a problem. They always think something is wrong. Hear me, some of us don't think it that way. No matter how the enemy may rise against us, we don't back down. We, you see, you see I, I, I know who I am. I know where God is taking me to. I know where he has taken me from. I know you know who you are. I know you know where you are coming from. And you must also see where God is taking you to. 
God who is faithful and just, he cannot start something and fail to finish it. He began with you, he shall move with you until the day of accomplishment. He has got a calling that he has given you, he has called you. The Bible says, for you are, for we are the chosen people. From not just people, but chosen. There is a difference between people and the chosen people. The reason why David was different is because he was chosen. There could be one million people, but if David is there, there was a difference. Everyone could pray, but if David prayed, there was a difference. The difference was not because he was a different type of a person. The difference was he was chosen. Wherever Elijah was, there could be so many people, but he was different. The difference was he was chosen. You see, so wherever you are, don't compare yourself with normal people. Don't go like, oh, I'm, I look like these people. I'm like these people. Or I'm like them. Or why are they going? Or you see their advantage more than you. You, you understand one thing? You are chosen. You are not just like any other person. Your prayer is different. But when you begin to understand that lifestyle and begin to, to think, oh, wow, I am not just like any other person I see in the street. I'm not just like another person I see in town. I am chosen. I am not just like a mere person. I am chosen. When you have that revelation, when you have that moment, then you will know what I'm talking about. You are not of this world. You came into this world in faith. By faith, you are saved. So before we even talk of the Holy Spirit, let's get this thing right. Stop seeking. You are that kingdom. Wherever you move, you go with the kingdom. Demonstrate the kingdom. The kingdom of God, according to scriptures, it's not a matter of eating and drinking and talking. Oh, hallelujah. I'm a child of God. I'm coming from the choir. Or oh, I'm going to church. I was watching a major one. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talking. The Bible says it is in the demonstration of the power. Now, when you begin to understand that I'm not just a mere person, you will begin to demonstrate the power. God made man and gave him dominion over the world. It's not God having the dominion over this world. No wonder accidents happen because God has no control of the world. Money has the dominion. No, no wonder natural disasters happen in the world because God gave that dominion to man. So it's up to you to control this world or the world to control you. So God gave us dominion. If there's anyone sick, he wants you and me to say, be healed. Jesus didn't say, you shall ask the Father, and he shall lay his hand on the sick. Jesus said, you shall lay your hands on the sick, and the sick shall be healed. The power and the dominion is inside of you. Jesus didn't say, you, uh, you shall ask the Father, and he shall cast out evils. The Bible says that in my name, you, we shall cast out evils. The power is in you. That situation is not changing because you are doing nothing about it. You are not changing anything about it. You are not changing anything. I want you to stand up and look at the situation and say, I have the dominion. God gave me the dominion. And I command this problem to get out of this place. I command this problem to, to go. So the moment you begin to learn the dominion, the moment you begin to learn how to use the dominion, the moment you begin to understand that I am a star, I am not just of the world, I am different, the moment you begin to understand that, then the, that's the moment you begin to grow in the things of the Spirit. 
you begin to grow in the things of the kingdom. Now, let's go to the book of um, Isaiah uh, 65, verse 1. Them that sought me not, mm -hmm. I say, Behold, me, behold me, unto mm. a nation that was not called by my name. You see, he says, Are the nation that was not called by my name? I said, I'm here. I'm here. God just said that. Even a nation which is not even called by my name. And what nation is that? So there is another nation that I want to introduce to you. Hmm. There is a nation that I want to introduce to you, which we operate. What is this nation? Hebrews 12, verse 22. What is this nation? Hebrews 12, verse 22. What does the Bible say? But ye are come unto Mount Zion, mm -hmm. and unto the city of the living God, mm -hmm. the heavenly Jerusalem, mm -hmm. and to the innumerable company of angels, All right. to the general assembly, and the church of the firstborn, mm -hmm. which was written in heaven, My and to God the judge of all, oh, and yeah. to the spirit of just men made perfect. You have come to heavenly Jerusalem. There is another nation which, you see, we, we live it in the spirit. That's what the Bible says, if anyone be in Christ. The word in is explaining of the word Christ, which is the location. The Bible says, if anyone be in Christ. Do you hear that? If anyone be in Christ. So when we receive Jesus, we operate in another nation. It's a heavenly Jerusalem. It's Mount Zion. You should stop thinking that a sickness will destroy you. Stop thinking that that person will destroy you. No matter how they may gather in the world, they will never destroy you. I'm saying this in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. I said to receive it. I said to receive it in the name of Jesus. I say, you see, the problem we have is we have got people who don't understand this revelation. When they see one person fighting them, oh my God, they're fighting me. And then they begin to see uh, losing the wall. They shall gather together. They shall gather together. The Bible says, but not in my name. The Bible says they shall gather together. It says, let them, let them come together. Surely all their plans will come to nothing. For I, the Lord, am with you. Did you hear the statement? So when you sit down, stop thinking of all the challenges around you. Stop thinking of all, begin to see the mission. The moment you begin to look at the challenges, you will be obstructed. You see, when Peter was moving on the water, he said, if you be the Christ, let me walk on the water. So Jesus said, come over. So Peter began to walk on the water. The moment he began to see the, 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 the waves of the sea, he began to sink. And the reason why he began to sink, he began to see the waves of the sea. Peter began to sink in the presence of Jesus because his eyes were on the waves of the sea. So many Christians are sinking in the presence of Jesus because they are looking at the waves of their finances. 
the waves of their sicknesses, the waves of what's happening in the world. Stop looking at all those things. Focus your eyes on the mission that God brought you and he wants you to be. You are not what they... You see, don't, don't bring yourself cheap. Don't, don't live cheap. Don't live like a normal human being. Like, oh my God, oh, they were talking about me. Oh, my neighbor is talking about me. Oh, my friends, oh, I'm awake, they're fighting me. Oh, come on. Stop it. You are not that. The Holy One is inside of you. The seed of God is inside of you. There is so much light inside of you. Did you hear that? There is so much light inside of you. So much power. So much power. So much power. So much power inside of you. The Bible says, according to God who works, far what? Beyond. Exceedingly. Abundantly. More than we think. More than we imagine. So when you're sitting down over there, I want you to understand one thing. The enemy must never lie to you and keep on telling you that you are a failure. Oh, look in your family. No one is moving. Look, look in your life. Nothing is changing. The enemy should stop lying these things to you. Don't surround yourself with darkness. That's why the people who read the scriptures, people who read the Bible, they have so much light. Because this is the light. The entrance of this world giveth the light. But if you hear so much things of the world, what the world is saying, and you hear all that, and you hear all that, and you hear this, and you hear, you become darkened. You become darkened. Your mind is corrupted. But the more you hear the word, the more you are hearing the scripture, the more you are hearing me preach, the more you are hearing this word is entering you, the more you hear the word, light is coming into you. Light is coming into you. I said light is coming into you. Light is coming into you. Stop worrying. Stop depressing. Stop thinking too much. This world is meant by you to shine, to rule, to have dominion over the things of the air, over the land, over the water. You have the power. The Bible says according to the power that works in us. And what is that power? That's where we're going. So the Bible says, but the people that didn't even seek me, I was found. We were actually, we found him and we didn't even seek him. But we just found him and he's in us. Now, in the book of, of um, Ephesians 5, Ephesians chapter 5. Oh, before we go there, let's go to John chapter 7. John 7, verse 38 to 39. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall of living water. Mm. But, he, but this speck he of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive my ghost the holy ghost was mm. not yet given mm. because that jesus was not yet glorified read again just read again the bible says whoever believes in me as the scripture has said mm -hmm. streams of living water will flow from within him by this he meant the spirit. He meant the spirit. Whom those who believed in him were later rece to receive. Mm. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given. Now, well, just a moment. The Bible here says that whosoever shall believe in me, it says streams of living water shall flow from his burial. Oh my God. If you're following, raise up a hand. Some following prophet. If you're following, raise up a hand. If you're falling, just raise up your hand. 
The Bible says, if you shall believe in me, it says streams, streams of water, streams of water shall flow. Karakata so prakia. Main daradigo supra area. It says streams of water shall flow. Shall flow. Streams of water. Whosoever shall believe in him, streams of water. He says he meant the Holy Spirit. That if you shall believe in him, he shall flow like water out of you. You go this direction, a flood comes out of you. You go this direction, the flood comes out if you shall believe. But the problem is, people until today, they are still behaving like heathen. They are not in the kingdom. They keep on seeking. I'm seeking the kingdom. I'm seeking. I'm se- you are already there. I'm trying to be in the spirit. Now. You are already in the spirit. Oh, and now I want to pray. Maybe God can hear my prayer. Maybe God can remove this sickness. Maybe God, I'm trying to seek. You, that's, that's nonsense. You are in the kingdom. At this point in time, God has appointed you and has empowered you. And he says, if you shall believe, the spirit of God shall flow from you. He says, it shall flow like a river. It shall flow like a river of water out of you. You go this direction, the water bubbles. Karabasotaradia. He says, it shall flow. Because you understand you are in the kingdom. But the problem is you begin to weigh your your situations over the kingdom. Like, oh, my problems are too much. Things are not moving. Uh, Things are not moving. Shut up. Change your confession. Begin to say in the name of Jesus, I command the situation to change. I I am in the kingdom. I belong to the kingdom. I command this situation to change. You have the power to change even the weather. The Bible says Elijah was a man like you and me. But he commanded no rain. God didn't say, I'm stopping rain. It was the decision of Elijah. He said no rain for three years and there was no rain. Weather changed by one man. The Bible says he was a man like us. Yet he commanded the weather to change and the weather changed. What more with you? A mere situation in your family, in your house. You can command it to change and at your word it will change. If you believe me, shout amen. I said, if you believe, shout amen. I said, if you believe, shout amen. Say in the name of Jesus. Say in the name of Jesus. Say, I change every situation. Say, I change every situation. Say, I change every situation in Jesus' name. Now, let's go to Ephesians 5, verse 18. That'll be our last scripture today. Um, Ephesians 5, verse 18. What does the Bible say? Ephesians chapter number 5. Verse number 18, the Bible mm-hmm. says, do not get drunk on wine, mm-hmm. which leads to debauchery. Okay. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Read again. King James Version, verse number 18. Mm. The Bible says, and be not drunk with wine, mm. wherein is excess, mm. but be filled with the Spirit. Mm. Do not... Get drunk with wine in which there is debauchery. Rather, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do not get drunk with wine, but be you filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, be you filled with the Holy Spirit. We are about to do something right now. He says, okay, so let, let me give you the concept of wine. Where wine is coming from in this scripture. Okay, so in, in the Old Testament, we see God speaking of wine. 
speaking of wine, speaking of wine, speaking of wine. In many verses in the scripture, speaking of wine, speaking of wine. Wow. In the New Testament, we find it a bit tricky and a bit problem where the Bible is prohibiting wine, is prohibiting um, alcohol. Even Jesus refused alcohol on the cross. He refused it. They're trying to give him wine, but he refused it. And the Bible said it was a fermented wine. Why? Why, why? why there is a change in this scripture? First of all, I would like to show you something that is very important. In the Old Testament, there was no Holy Spirit. So there was no being filled. The Holy Spirit was not living in the mortal body. So because of that, there was no defiling of the body. There was no defiling of the body. Secondly, the body was not the temple. It wasn't the dwelling of the spirit. Now, so what was happening in the Old Testament is people could drink wine, could drink wine and think, okay, everything was okay, everything was fine. Now, until something is happening, um, in all the people who you hear the Bible saying, he will pour his spirit upon them. In the Old Testament, they were told, don't touch wine. Any person in the Old Testament, I'm going to give you an example of Samson. Samson was told by God before he was even born. There was a prophecy that the spirit of God shall be upon him. And the first instruction, he must not touch wine. Why? Because the spirit of God, this is all the testament, because the spirit of God will be upon him. Okay, get this right. So in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is not being poured on specific people. He's being poured upon everyone who shall believe. Now, if the Holy Spirit will come upon everyone according to what he wants, then you must understand one thing. What happens in wine? When a person is drunk of wine, he loses control of himself. He's under the influence. He says what the influence tells him. He thinks how wine is telling him. He thinks how the alcohol is telling him. He goes the direction how the alcohol is telling him. Even the movement sometimes. He may even be influenced how to move by the wine. So in the New Testament, we see the Bible speaking of the new wine, which is the Holy Spirit. That he now replaces wine. He replaces the alcohol. When he takes over you, you're under the influence. Now, if you see someone who's drunk, you see how they talk. If you've seen someone who's drunk, how they talk. Now, when you are drunk of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, even how you talk changes. You're under the influence. You're reasoning. Somebody said, you know, I drink because, you know, I get stress. I get stress, so I drink to ease the stress. This is why the Holy Spirit came. So that he can replace the wine. So when you have the Holy Spirit, you don't need wine. People who need wine are those without the Holy Spirit. If you, the Holy Spirit lives and dwells inside of you, you don't need debate showing. You don't need anything to give you an influence because your influence is of the Holy Spirit. You are led by the Holy Spirit. You, you can sleep like a child. You can wake up like a child. You have joy. You have all satisfaction. You have all you need. Your speaking is influenced by the Holy Spirit. Your, your, your imagination is under the influence. So when you begin to understand that you belong to the kingdom and that the power is inside of you and that the water, the spirit of God bubbles out of, inside of, out of you, then you will know that you belong to the kingdom. The Bible says, if only 
If you shall believe, the Bible says, for those who shall believe in him, uh, rivers of water shall flow from their belly. At this point in time, if you're watching me, I want you to understand one thing. The Holy Spirit can actually feed you once again. If you are not filled yet, he can refill you or he can feed you right now. Waters, raving waters, can start flowing from you. You can start finding your purpose. You can start changing the world. You can stop fearing the world. The world fears you. You are so powerful, you just don't know yourself. You just surround yourself with a lot of darkness. No wonder the devil doesn't want you to read the Bible. When you open the Bible, after starting reading two verses, then you cross it. You have no appetite and you lose focus. Why? Because this is the light. The devil knows when you get the light, you will know all his tricks and all his lies. I want you to pray today and say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me right now, Holy Spirit. I need you to fill me right now. I need you to fill me right now. I need you to fill me right now, Holy Spirit. Wherever you are, just tell the Holy Spirit, fill me right now.